from the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. Of course, I have Kyle Wenzel here in the Thinking Out Loud studios, and we're super excited to be here again with all of you. Just loving the feedback we're getting and all the great things we're hearing. And we're hoping that you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends, your neighbors, everybody that Kevin and Kyle is here every Wednesday, you know, to talk all things culture from a Christian perspective. And we always like to start our show off with something kind of fun. And so, Kyle, I've got a question for you. Um, <laughs> uh, if you could do anything that with no risk, your life would not be in danger. What would you do? What is the craziest thing you would do if your life was not in danger? Um, this is going to sound weird, but oh, am I going to get in trouble for it? You said danger. <laughs> am I, am I going to get in trouble for it? You're not going to get in trouble for it. So no risk to you at all. Man, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I would do without getting my life into danger, but... Quite honestly, I've always wanted to skydive. I've just been too scared to skydive. I'll keep it a safe answer. I've always wanted to skydive. (laughs) (laughs) The other one was I can't afford Jordans and I love them, but that would. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one way of getting those at that point. Um, Right. (laughs) Skydive for sure. And not just like the parachute skydive. I'm talking like the flying squirrel where you're jumping off of a cliff and you're able to like glide through like the valley. That type of skydive, not the parachute type. I don't know yeah. how they land. I haven't seen a full video, but that for sure. If if I knew that I wasn't going to die, I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So the funny thing is the same thing for me. I've always wanted to go skydiving. Like, I just think it would be amazing. So yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, family, we are going to talk about a pretty hotly debated topic today. And one that has been requested, one that has been people are waiting on, and it is the topic of vaccines. I will tell you, we are not here to tell you what to do or how you should do things, but we are here to share information from an expert in the field of vaccines. We made a decision about 12 years ago with my youngest daughter to not vaccinate. And it was based on the research and the expertise of Mary Toko, which is our guest today on the show. She is amazing in this field. She has spent 40 some years in just pouring over the data, the medical, in the medical community, 
and getting us the answers that we truly need. And a lot of these things are not being told to us by the mainstream media. A lot of these things are not things that is readily available from the places that we normally get or consume our news. And so I am super excited to have her on the show today. Mary has been in the natural care field for over 40 years. As I said, she spent many years working in the holistic, functional medicine and chiropractic health field. Mary is working as a natural health advocate for people who want to improve their health by consultation. Mary is the vice president for the Found for Pediatric Health. She's also the co-founder of the American Chiropractic Autism Board. She was the director of vaccine research and education for Michigan for Vaccine Choice. And also, Mary is on the board of directors for WAVE, World Association of Vaccine Education. And Mary Toko joins us right now. Mary, welcome to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. I am honored to be here with you, Kevin and Kyle. Very excited. Awesome. 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 So Mary, help us to understand. So this is a topic that people are extremely passionate about on one side or the other. Take us back when you first got into the research on this. How did you get into that research? And as you got into that research, what did you find? Um, It all started back in 1978-1979. The father of my five children, my husband, Dr. Sam Toko, was in chiropractic college at the time. And we were introduced to many different philosophical opinions on healthcare. And this vaccine topic came up in the chiropractic college when they were studying immunity and going through immunology studies. And, And he was exposed to information. And of course, he brought it home to me. And we thoroughly investigated what we could back then. And just felt a gut feeling that injecting toxins into the human body alters it. And back then, we really didn't even know what we know now. Mm. But there was enough information back then to make us very concerned about this. Because ultimately, we believe that God created the human body with the ability to heal and repair. For centuries, mankind lived without this intervention. And we're doing this to children before they're even sick. So it's supposed to be preventive and it just didn't sit with us. So before we had our first child, I began doing a ton of research. I ended up having five children. We actually raised them outside the medical model, meaning we avoided medication and unnecessary drugs. We raised our children naturally. And a lot of it had to do with our understanding of how the immune system works and how the body's intended to function. Mm. And so, um, None of my children have a vaccine. My oldest is 40. My youngest is 27. Mm -hmm. I have nine grandbabies, all raised the same way. And I know thousands and thousands of people around the country and around the world who are doing this with their children. And so we just believe that, number one, and this is where I take my stand here. First of all, we all agree that this is a medical decision Mm -hmm. and that all medical decisions are personal and should be made by the parent, whether you believe in it or don't believe in it or whatever, ultimately, I think you will agree that this is something that is a medical choice that should never be forced upon us. Yes. Yes. Okay. So whether or not you agree with me matters not. If you want to do vaccinations, more power to you. But if I don't want to use them in my body and I don't want my children to have them, that is my decision and my choice. Mm. So we are all custodians of our body. And there are many forms of healthcare out there. Um, as I stated, we raised our children without going to the pediatrician all the time. 
when I was growing up, I'm one of 11 children. We didn't go to a pediatrician. Mm. The doctors, we only went there when we were sick and we had maybe an injection of penicillin. I don't recall going more than five times in my whole life. Wow. And I had three vaccines. And they were done right before I went to kindergarten. I got the smallpox. I got the sugar cube, the polio sugar cube. And I got a tetanus vaccine. And that was it. Mm. And so what happened between then and now where our children actually get 38 vaccines by the time they're 18 months old, mm. 72 vaccines by the time they're in high school. So something happened during that period of time. And I've been studying it since way before that. So one thing I would like to mention is you hear the word anti-vaccine and we're made to look like we're rebellious, uneducated people, conspiracy theorists. We're ashamed. People shame us. Say, you know, it's the, vac the unvaccinated that are causing epidemics. And I mean, we really are, we're discriminated against all the time. Yeah. And yet every person I have ever met has been a person that has done extensive research about what's in a vaccine and what it does to the human body. And those are the people that usually say, you know what, we're going to pass. Or there are people that had a bad experience. Their child almost died afterwards or their child slipped into autism. And I know the government still says that autism isn't related to vaccines. What I'm here to tell you, as God is my witness, vaccinations cause autism. They know it. The literature says it. The studies say it, but they won't admit it. Yeah. So the mind is funny because we know what we know today based on what we've been exposed to. So when people automatically start to hear something different than what they've been exposed to, mm -hmm. their mind automatically shuts down. Mm -hmm. And they begin defending their decision or their choices before they even hear mm. the other person's argument or logic. So I'm asking your listening audience that please do not block me out because yes. one of us, either me or Big Pharma, is lying to the people. And I'm telling you right now, I don't get paid by any big pharmaceutical company. I don't have anyone backing me financially. I do this because God called me to do it years ago. And yes. that's why I refuse to quit. So one of us is not being honest or one of us is being deceptive. And ultimately, though, you have to look at all the information mm -hmm. before you make it an informed decision. Yes. And, and you can't just, can't just listen to the CDC or to your doctor. Mm. So I'm asking people that when you start hearing contrary information, than what you're used to. Please don't shut your mind off. Give me a chance to set a foundation and you will logically come to your own conclusions that are good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, when I looked at, at that and I was looking on your website and it says, you know, the current schedule. And as you said, it was 36 vaccines by 18 months old uh, and by high school, 72 vaccines. It is just unbelievable what we're pumping into our little children. I mean, before they even have a chance for their immune systems to even develop, we are, we are pumping all of these diseases into their bodies. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that was one thing that stuck out to me, I think, when I listened to you 12 years ago. Um, and, I, you know, and I began to see videos, and you talk about autism. You know, when I saw videos of these precious kids that were, you know, of course, they were just, I don't know, one, two years old, whatever it was, 
they would go in, they would get vaccinated. And then sometimes hours later, not even days later, not even months later, but hours later, they became autistic. I saw that and I said, there is no way that there is not a correlation between vaccinating and autism. And especially when you look at the Amish community, the Amish community, they do not vaccinate their children, but they have one of the lowest rates of autism out of any community. So, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's not only autism. We have a chronic explosion of illnesses in this generation of children. There are illnesses that our kids suffer with daily and are on meds for that were not existent when I was growing up 60 years ago. Mm. And I have a huge family. And one thing I see consistently is all of the people in my family who decided not to vaccinate, which there's like 40, 40, 50 uh, grandkids and siblings, they don't have any of these issues. And there have been major studies around the country comparing the unvaccinated to the vaccinated, but the government refuses to acknowledge that because obviously then they have to take responsibility for what they have created. I believe that all these injuries, most of them are related to our diet, nutrition, they're related to our environmental toxins, but primarily the reason we have children with autoimmune problems, deafness, demyelinization of their nervous system, diabetes, encephalopathy, leukemia, lymphomas, vaccine seizures and convulsions. There are so many studies linking vaccines to these things. Um, skin disorders, gut disorders, sudden infant death syndrome. The list goes on and on and on. And it's not getting better, it's getting worse. And so I'd like to start out with one question. Yeah. If vaccines are so good and they help promote health, why are our children so sick? Mm. Mm. I mean, right there, that's like, okay, we do more vaccines than any other country in the world. We do twice as many as Japan, and they have a fraction of the sick kids that we have. And we start them the day these kids are born in the hospital. And if you take nothing else away from this today, I will tell you this, as God is my witness, there are no long-term safety studies done on what happens when you give multiple vaccinations to an infant at two months, four months, eight months, 12 months, where you're giving them up to 13 different vaccines in one visit. No long-term safety studies done. And the short-term safety studies are absolutely horrendous. In fact, (laughs) this is kind of like what it looks like. Our mm-hmm. children in this country, imagine just looking at vaccines as drugs. Mm-hmm. They're drugs. They're injectable yeah. drugs. Yeah. You get one at birth. You get eight at two months. You get eight at four months. You get nine at six months. You get 12 more between 12 and 18 months. The body is overwhelmed by getting all these drugs. We, we don't know if this is safe. And I think the evidence is now showing that it's not. Mm. Yeah. And Mary, real quick, just to cut in there. You were talking about, you know, at two months you get eight. I I mean, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and we talked before the show and I'm on the side where I have been vaccinating my kids. I've grown up vaccinated, but again, I admit I haven't done the research. You know, I was kind of on that boat where I just know what I know and you're different. I'm just be real. And it just didn't feel good to me that there was something different out there after, well, generations of, so here's the deal. But I, I will say this, the body's overwhelmed for the child. I was overwhelmed as a dad, and there were times where I just told the doctor, you're not giving them that many shots at one time, because through experience, they pushed that, a couple in one leg, a couple in another leg, and I just looked at them, I said, this, that's, not, that's not happening. 
and we can get into the verbiage of how to walk through the doctor maybe later, but I had to learn to put my foot down with my doctors. Even though I'm, I was a person that was vaccinating his children, I still felt this is forceful. Like this is, this is not okay. Not for a two month old baby. So just to kind of butt in there and it is overwhelming. Well, and I think Kevin mentioned earlier that these children have not even had a chance to develop their immune system. Yeah, well, guess right. what it is in elf? Their brain is not developed. Their gut system is not developed. Their bones are not developed. Their lungs are not developed. Their liver is not fully developed. Their heart, everything in the body is underdeveloped when they're born. Now, mm-hmm. now the brain stem is the only part of the body that's fully functioning. And that's why everything works beautifully. That's how God created it. But it takes up to seven to 10 years to develop and mature those systems in the body. Wow. So to me, it makes more sense to protect them from toxic overloads as much as you can. And we have something called the blood-brain barrier. And that blood-brain barrier is dense cells that the body puts around the brain. We don't even know if it's fully developed when the child is born. We don't know if that barrier is fully developed. But we do know that it doesn't protect the whole brain. It only protects the, the lobes on either side of the brain stem. So there are parts of the brain that are still exposed to whatever you get injected with. So babies go in, like I say, day one, they're born, and the doctors recommend a happy vaccine. Hepatitis B is an illness that affects drugs, drug users, and prostitutes, and people who have multiple sexual partners. It is not a childhood illness. This is a political vaccine yeah. and should never yeah. be on the childhood schedule, okay? Wow. And, and so they have never done studies to see what this does to the child's brain. And then this is really interesting. Back a couple of years ago, our scientists discovered a new system in the body. Mm. Imagine that. They're still discovering things about the body. Right. <laughs> and um, I believe it's called the inner system. And I reference it in um, a book that I published called, it's all about the immune system. It's called Natural Immune Development, A Deeper Understanding. But literally in 2018, they discovered this new system in the body and they call it the fluid highway system. And this fluid highway system Anything that gets into the body gets spread around the whole body through this fluid highway system, including the brain. And they did not even consider this when they're injecting your baby with up to 13 different drugs in a five-minute period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow. Isn't that shocking? That is shocking. (laughs) Shocking. Yeah. Wow. So in 1962, the average five-year-old got five vaccines for life. Back Mm. then, doctors thought, that one vaccine protected you forever. And then in 1983, after these pharmaceutical companies started to see that they could vaccinate and not get sued, we started giving our children, they were getting about 24 vaccines by 1983. Mm. And by 2017, by the time they're going into high school, they've gotten 72 vaccines. And now, of course, they want to add the COVID vaccine and multiple flu shots. But we could talk about that later, okay? Mm. I would like to just mention a couple... um, I guess, definitions? Yes. So what is indoctrination? And, you know, we talked a little bit about the brain being indoctrinated. And when it's indoctrinated, we, we, don't, we refuse to look at anything outside of what we believe. Mm. But our beliefs are based on what we've been exposed to. Yes. So if you've never been exposed to it, how would you ever know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. So indoctrination is the representation of one point of view. The process is often distinguished from education by the fact that the indoctrinated person is 
expected not to question, okay? Mm. Or they're expected not to critically examine the doctrine that they have been indoctrinated in. So they tell you, don't question vaccines. You listen to your doctor. Your doctor's the only one who has the authority. They know all about it, right? And then they tell people, you know, don't listen to these internet moms and don't listen to the internet. Don't be an internet mom and don't read all of that conspiracy theory about vaccines. Just listen and trust your doctor. Well, I'm here to say that we have been indoctrinated into the system Hmm. and we have a chance now to get a brainwashing. We need a brainwashing. Yes. And that's the difference between education. Education is looking at all the facts that you can get your hands on and making a sound decision that you feel good about in your gut Mm. that you can live with. Mm -hmm. Mm. Okay. And, And then one more definition, propaganda. Propaganda, this fits right in there, is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote, publicize, or a particular cause or point of view. Mm. You won't see me on CNN. You won't see me on Fox. I've been on Fox um, in Detroit a couple of times, but you won't see me on major networks presenting my information mm. because nobody wants you to know about this. Right. It's really, it's, it's hidden from people. And that's why I'm so determined to get this information out. Yeah. Um, I've done thousands of lectures around the country in Canada. I've done hundreds and hundreds of radio programs. I had a radio show for five years. I am just so determined to get this information out to young parents because it's very difficult to find it now with all the censoring that's taking place. Absolutely. You know, tell us a little bit about, in 1986, uh, the National Vaccination Compensation System was set up. This just blew my mind. And it was set up to compensate families of injured children. Now, by 1991, they settled over $1.2 billion, with a B, in injury death lawsuits that were filed. And as of 2019, they had paid over $6 billion, again with a B, for vaccine injury. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. So this, this fund was set up basically to be the mop and bucket of the of the of the of the vaccine uh debacle that we find ourselves in so tell us a little bit about that well pharmaceutical companies were getting sued so bad that they were losing they were losing money Mm. so they went to the government and they said look if you want us to continue developing vaccines you need to take away our liability the only reason ronald reagan agreed was they were looking at bioweaponry They were looking at other countries leading the way in bioweapons. And so that's the only reason. He did not want them to stop creating bioweapons. And so, in fact, that's where this whole COVID came from. So he signed this. And basically what that means is if your child goes and gets a vaccine and dies in front of that doctor, you can't sue him. You can't sue anybody. You have to file a claim through the U.S. Federal Court of Claims. In fact, what's interesting is Nancy Grace, who is the big TV attorney, didn't even know, didn't even know this existed. She said, how, you you can't sue for vaccine injury? And the answer is no, you can't. And what's interesting is the judges are appointed masters. You're not allowed to have your injured child in the courtroom. You have to only, you will only get compensated for those symptoms that are in the manufacturer's insert that says it can cause it. 
And autism was mentioned, by the way, in the DTAP vaccine insert for years and years. Autism was a side effect of the DTAP and the MMR. Wow. Now they took it out, you see. It's not going to be there anymore. But you could only sue if you're able to prove. You have to prove that your child died from curb death or whatever. You have to get doctors to back you up. You have to get an attorney. So the burden of proof is on you to go to this court system and prove it. And then it's terrible because they literally, it's three people who determine whether or not you get compensated. And it's, it, there's a cap on it. If you lose a child because of sudden infant death or some other injury, the cap is $250,000. Wow. And they're making billions off of these vaccines. Right, right. What's more disturbing is if you lose an infant or you lose a child, I feel like the parents are instantly thought to be at fault more than medical examiners in the programs we've put our kids in as far as vaccines. So let me ask you a question coming from a, a father who vaccinates his kids. So why, why are the pharmaceutical companies so protected? Is it, is it simply because of money? It, it can I, is it fair to say that? Because I mean, that, that, from what I hear, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're able to make money. It benefits financially the betterment of, I guess, the country. And so that would seem to be the only reason why government, media, I mean, let's just be honest, they're just steered in that direction to, to protect that area. Well, you have to also understand there's a bigger picture here. The CDC is really a vaccine company. For every vaccine that is sold in this world, they make a commission off of it. They right. own patents on viruses and on vaccine viruses. They are in the business of vaccines. Majority of their income comes from buying and selling vaccines around the world. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, like Canada, I've spoken in Canada dozens of times, they refer to the CDC for all their information. So they're just you know, a puppet of, of the CDC. All the other countries, the World Health Organization, all of them also look at the CDC. So they are literally, they are a vaccine company. And they have absolutely no concern for you or my health. I'm telling you, they really don't care because they are making so many billions off of vaccines to settle a couple million here or there is no big deal. But let me tell you what they settled. Ready? In 2014, those vaccine court payouts, and mind you, these are people that have to petition the court, go before the court, pay attorneys, and get an award. Hmm. Majority of the people that go before these courts don't get an award. Okay, so... For influenza vaccine injuries, which was the first, uh, the largest payout um, in 2015, uh, 2014, they paid 4.9 million out in injuries mm. and 6.1 million in 2015. That's a 1,000% increase. Category two was other category, people that had Guillain-Barre syndrome, seizure disorders, um, a brain swelling, encephalitis. It was a variety of things. They paid from $4.4 million in 2014 to $21 million in 2015. That's five times more payout in one year. Then chickenpox and shingles is number three payout. Chickenpox, the varicella vaccine, is the third, it was the third largest increase, and it went from zero payouts in 2014, mainly because they didn't hear any cases yet. Mm. And they went to $5.8 million in 2015. One year. They paid out that much. Mm. Hepatitis B vaccine was the fourth largest payout. 
In 2014, they paid $1.9 million to infants and people hurt by that. And, and then in 2015, they paid $8 million in settlements. That's a 321% increase in one year. Yeah. Wow. And then I'm not done. One more. You got to hear this. <laughs> the DTAP vaccine, mm. the diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus vaccine. It was number five. They, in 2014, they paid $5.5 million out, and it went up to $9.8 million in 2015. That's a 75% increase. So you tell me vaccines aren't hurting people? Right, right. Absolutely. Why? So, Mary, why aren't more doctors? And I, I get the CDC. I get the, you know, all the, the big guys, right? I, I get I get it. They, they want money They're you know, and it's it's hard. I mean, what are you going to do? Sue the CDC? I mean, you just you, you, you'd never win. But what about local doctors? Why aren't local doctors? Is this a thing that when they're in medical school, these are things they're just not exposed to? Like, it just seems like it. Yeah, it just seems like doctors who study the human body and understand how things work, especially immunologists, they would understand this and, and do something with it. Why? Why not? First of all, doctors get about, I think, two chapters in all of med school, two chapters on vaccines. Mm. And basically, it's all, first of all, we got to go back. Let's back up. Who funds the universities? Who funds all the university studies? Big Pharma, mm. the Institute of Medicine, the CDC. Mm. If you, and I, I'm going to, I quote in my book here, Dr. Tatiana Abukanit, and she has two degrees in immunology. She was from New York Rockefeller University, and she also worked for, I think, Yale. It was long story short, she walked away from immunology because she said that immunologists don't study the immune system. Wow. 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 She said, she said they study vaccinology. And they're, the only way they're going to get grant money from any institution is if they're looking at producing more vaccines. Mm. So if somebody says we want to study the dangers of vaccines or the aluminum in them or the mercury or the phenol or the acetone or the formaldehyde, they're never going to get grant money. So they're never studied. Mm. You see, it's a monopoly. It, it truly is. Um, so doctors don't know. I will go up against any medical doctor anytime, anywhere, and mm. they won't know half of what I know. Wow. Because they were never taught this. They are, in fact, I, uh, I was on an uh, interview on a radio station and a pediatrician called in. She said, you're not a medical doctor. What gives you the right to talk about this? I said, well, I've been independently researching. I'm smart. I know how to look at scientific literature. I know how to, I, I look at studies. I've ordered dozens and dozens of books on the topic. I've studied immunologists. And I said, let me ask you a question, doctor. When you were in med school, were you ever allowed to stop and question what you were being taught? She said, no, no, you can't, you can't ask. You, you have to just learn it and take your boards. Wow. I said, there you go. I said, I bet you haven't been taught what I know. Mm. And I believe, and the World Health Organization, this is amazing. December 3rd of last year, the World Health Organization was celebrating 50 years of being in charge of World Health. They had a huge conference. And Del Bigtree from the High Wire, incredible. He actually has a video of the whole thing. And in there, they say, we have a lot of concerns about this whole vaccine issue because mm. doctors only get about two chapters 
They really aren't taught about vaccines. And now the vaccine movement, people are waiting, getting, moving away from vaccines is growing 500%. And even mainstream doctors are starting to question vaccinology. We have a real problem on our hands because they don't know how to answer these questions. Wow. Wow. That is, that is incredible. I mean, we hear that um, when it comes to the creation debate or when it comes to some of these other things, we know that our students are not getting the truth. They're not getting the other side. They're getting whatever the professors and you know want to tell them. But to hear that that happens in med school is scary. <laughs> you know, and and I would say to any of our listeners right now, I know you're hearing a lot. I know there's a lot coming at you right now. But I would just encourage you before you say, you know, you shut us down or you know you shut this down. Do your research. You know. Go in with an open mind. Don't just believe everything you hear. And I think in the, especially new parents in the age of social media and propaganda, we know better now. We know that this is not something uh, we can't believe everything we read on Facebook. We can't believe everything we read on in the newspaper or we hear on the TV, whatever. We know that we're smart enough to know that. I'm asking everyone to just be smart enough to know that we can't trust every single thing that comes out of, as Mary says, big pharma, right? They say, we're here to help you. We're, you know, take this, just inject this. This is here to help you. Uh, I think we need to research that. Don't just take everything that they say. Yeah. And I think even hip hop culture is big on calling out big pharma, you know, and, and that's one thing I appreciate about the artist Macklemore is he even not here to promote him or anything, but he he has <laughs> he has a song called Drug Dealer and he just talks about his friend who overdosed on drugs and talks about big pharma was his drug dealer. You go to doctors and their answer is just prescribing a different type of drug or a more potent type of drug. And it's scary to think that and Kevin, yes, right, like why are the doctors pushing and it makes sense. You know, my wife's a teacher and I joke with her all the time. I'm like, well, you're only teaching what you know to teach. <laughs> you're only teaching. <laughs> and she hates that I say that, but <laughs> it makes a world of sense when you have a bunch of doctors that are now running a practice that were inundated with, well, what big pharma and the pharmaceutical companies are paying for them to know. I mean, that, that to me makes sense. Yeah. You got to follow, you have to follow the money. You have to look at the universities who sponsors them. You have to look at where the research is. And it's all run by Big Pharma. Now, I don't know if we have time, but I did want to, if everyone listening can just grab a pen and paper, I want to just give you a couple toxic ingredients that people don't even realize. Most doctors don't even realize what, you know, that they're in vaccines. And I don't know, do we have time to go into it for a few minutes? Mary, that was literally my next question. And we have plenty of time to cover a lot of things. So, okay. Okay. (laughs) So let's hit this hard because to me, if I took an apple, and I injected in that apple some phenol, some acetone, some formaldehyde, some mercury, aluminum, and aborted baby tissue. Would you eat that apple? Uh, I'd throw it in my bonfire. <laughs> right? Okay. Would you grind it up and give it to your baby as applesauce? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Absolutely okay. not. Well, these are the ingredients that are in common ingredients in vaccines. And so I want to start with the term called adjuvants. Adjuvants are designed to stimulate the immune system and cause a turbo reaction in the body. They're in all vaccinations. Vaccines would be completely useless without without adjuvants. So they're actually there to turbo charge the immune reaction. 
and I'm going to reference some science here. According to Gupta et al., who's done extensive research on, on adjuvants that we currently use, it says that some of the side effects can be ascribed as unintentional stimulation of different mechanisms of the immune system. They don't even really understand how these things work. They go on to say they are highly variable in terms of how they um, affect the immune system and how serious their adverse events can be, resulting in hyperimmune activation of the immune system. The most commonly used one today is aluminum, alum. There's many different other ones. I really want to focus on the aluminum levels because you might remember back during congressional hearings, Congressman Dan Burton was the chair of the Government Reform Committee in the year 2000, and his own grandson regressed into severe autism right in front of him, right after getting vaccines. He knew something was wrong. And, you know, these congressmen, they have the best doctors. Yeah. Uh, he had his grandson checked out, and he had very, very high levels of thimerosal, a form of alpha-mercury in his blood. And he was like, where did this come from? I mean, kids aren't eating fish. They're not right. eating things like this. Sure enough, he found out it was the vaccines. So he held hearings from 2000 to 2003. At that time, they found out since 1931 that the mercury used in vaccines is called thimerosal, created by Eli Lilly. And he, for three years, tried so hard to get them to admit that this potentially could cause autism and other neurological injury. The yeah. government would not concede, but the pharmaceutical companies not because they're good or nice, but they reduced it down and told all the doctors, you now have thimerosal V vaccines, that they're safe, they're effective, and, and all of this. Well, what they did, though, and they didn't tell you this, is they increased the, they put aluminum in the vaccine. In fact, I have quotes from the World Health Organization that says, let's put aluminum in, the people will never know. So let's talk about aluminum now. So... Um, there's all kinds of stuff. But aluminum is in very high levels in vaccines. Most doctors are not aware of the levels, okay? So people would assume that this aluminum had been thoroughly researched in order for them to put it in vaccines. Well, Dr. Robert Sears, who is the alternative um, vaccine schedule guy, I mean, I don't agree with him, but he did put out a book, which he's been in a lot of trouble for, but he's a pediatrician. And he wrote a book called The Alternative Vaccine Schedule. And he basically uh, said in there that they did one study on infants with aluminum ever. And it was called the Aspen study. You can look it up. You can Google it. A-S-P-E-N. That stands for the American Society for Parenterial and Nutri uh, Nutrition. And that's IV nutrition that they give infants in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So if your baby's born and they require IV nutrition, they looked at the aluminum in IV nutrition. And mm -hmm. I was shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why would they have it in there? But what Dr. Sears discovered was that they, they did one study on the level. They took 200 infants, divided them in two, and in 100 of the babies, they reduced the aluminum levels. And in the other 100 babies, they left the uh, aluminum levels as they were. And they followed up on these children. And their conclusion of this study was for the babies that got the full load of aluminum in their IV nutrition, that anything over 20 micrograms could cause renal failure, which is kidney failure. Mm. And they followed these children and they said, these kids showed signs of neurological developmental problems at 18 months. Mm. The children who had the reduced amount of aluminum didn't show any of that. Wow. So keep that in mind. 20 micrograms is what they feel is a safe level, 20 or less for any children. So you go on and you look at what's in the vaccines. So I always quote my doctors, my researchers, 
Neil Miller has an incredible website, thinktwice.com. He's mm -hmm. written numerous books on the whole vaccine issue. And he did the studies on how much aluminum is in these vaccines. So day one, a baby is born in this country. They recommend a hepatitis B vaccine, which I told you is for prostitutes and drug users. And people have multiple sexual partners. It's not a childhood illness. But they recommend that the babies get it the day they're born. Now, I will tell parents that you can go to a hospital and you can demand that they don't give your child that vaccine. There's no law. It's their policy. So when you, if you're going to have a hospital birth, do not let your child out of your sight. If you don't want that vaccine, you need to put it in writing. You better have a birth plan. Let the doctor know. Let the nurses know. And keep an eye on your baby. Because mm. their job is to give this baby the vaccine right after it's born or within mm. the first day. Mm. But that one vaccine contains 250 micrograms of aluminum. Oh, wow. Oh, my oh, that, goodness. That's nothing. Let me talk about the first 18 months here. So when a baby goes in for their well baby visits, which, by the way, I never did with my kids. Mm. My children and my grandbabies have never been to a pediatrician. Because Dr. Robert Mendelson, famous pediatrician, said, the pediatrician's job is to indoctrinate your child into a lifelong dependency on medical intervention. They're dangerous, okay? Mm. And I carry his book on my website. But mm. anyway, I never used a pediatrician. There's no law that says you have to have a pediatrician. And I tell parents all the time, beware, because they're going to want to vaccinate your baby if you go to a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. But anyway, you go in at two months, and you go, well, you go several times. So a baby, by the time they're 18 months, they're going to get three hepatitis B vaccines. They're going to get two hepatitis A vaccines. That also contains 250 micrograms of aluminum. They're going to get four DTaP vaccines, and that contains 625 micrograms of aluminum. They're going to get three Hib vaccines. That contains 225 micrograms of aluminum. And they're going to get four PCV vaccines at 125 micrograms of aluminum. So when you add that all up, by the time a child is 18 months, they will have received 4,925 micrograms of aluminum. Oh, my goodness. And can you explain again what the reasoning is as to why they want to put aluminum in the vaccines? Because it stimulates the immune system. It's okay. an adjuvant. A-D-J-U-V-A-N-T. It stimulates the immune system. It irritates your immune system. It makes it really mad so that yeah. your immune system is going after it. And along with that, it's going after the virus. It's going after everything else that's in that vaccine. And remember, that superfluid highway system in the body is circulating it all around. Mm, all the organs right. are being affected. It's not right. staying in the arm. And I will tell you this too. And like I said, at that World Health Organization meeting, December 3rd, 2019, not that long ago, mm -hmm. they said, have you ever studied the systemic effects of vaccines? To put that in layman term, have you ever looked at how they affect the human body? And they admitted, no, we only look at where the vaccine was given. Wow. Yeah, wow. So we so, wonder why so we in, have autism. Yeah, in, in essence, they, they want to push the vaccine for an entire body benefit, but they're only going to they're only going to study the ground zero where it goes in. Exactly, and that's what they do. And it's so, if, you know, in my lecture, in my talk, like I said, this DVD series has everything you can imagine. It's fully referenced, and I talk about all the science behind aluminum, aluminum hydroxide. I have studies from the American Academy of Pediatrics saying we have a problem with aluminum. They actually came out and said that it's causing ASIA. It's called autoimmune-induced inflammatory syndrome. 
from aluminum in vaccines. They know what they're doing. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I tell people, don't trust me. I, the Bible says, trust no man. I, I, like I said, I'll go up against any medical doctor anytime. Right. Because I know my stuff. And I, I just know that parents aren't told all this information. They're hidden. This information's hidden, and it's not easy to find with Google censoring us. And my YouTube page and you know, my uh, Facebook pages are being censored. Wow. <laughs> uh, amazing. Listen, folks, we are, and I know, like you said, this is coming at a, uh, uh, it's like a fire hose of information, but I continue to encourage you to go, you know, search this stuff out, go to Mary's, go to her website. It's uh, childhoodshots.com. That's childhoodshots.com. And I know you're enjoying her. I know you're learning. She is going to be on with us again next time. And she's going to answer your questions. So we, we've got some listener questions. I've got some questions for her. While we have the expert, I just want to pick her brain because I think this is super important. This podcast is all about getting the truth out. That's what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. And so we understand that people will make their own decisions based on whatever you know their decision is, and that's totally fine. But we at least want to give you this side of the coin. And uh, that's something that's important to us. And so please go to childhoodshots.com. It's Mary Toko. And also, Mary, I do believe that our listeners, if they go and they order, um, there is a code that they put in and they can get 50% off. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So this is for my six-part DVD series. Okay. Um, Some people don't want the hard DVDs, but I I have lots of them and I want to get them out to people. Normally it's $60. And if you go in and use the code on the checkout page, VAX, V-A-X 2020, mm-hmm. you will save 50% automatically. Awesome. And when I ship it to you, I will also ship you a pamphlet on the use of aborted baby tissue in producing vaccines. Yeah. So when you get a vaccine, you're not only getting aluminum and a bunch of other stuff, but you're getting human DNA from those little babies who were sacrificed for big pharma. And Mm. so I will send out some brochures because really this is my goal. I want to reach pastors, Christian people, doctors, nurses, family, friends. You know, even if you're not a Christian, certainly this should be offensive. The fact that we're, and this gets into a detail. I also have another booklet. It's a six part, it's an eight page booklet put together by my daughter, Dr. A. Hunter and I. And this goes into the mercury and the aluminum in the vaccines and gives all the medical references. I throw this stuff in for free. I just need mm. people to get informed. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, so, that's excellent. And guys, uh, she is actually, um, our website is going to be out by the time this airs. Our website uh, will be live. And so you can go to that website, our website. She is already on the website. I knew before we even started the podcast. I knew that she was going to be one of the people that was going to be on the website. And so if you forget, you can go to our resource page on the website. Mary Toko's information is right there. And, you know, go and and just get educated about this. It's so, so super important. And of course, go to our Facebook page, go to our Instagram, Thinking Out Loud podcast. You know, we're embarrassingly easy to find. We're everywhere. Uh, So (laughs) go... (laughs) <laughs> go talk, go, go find us and uh, subscribe. Um, also, YouTube, Kyle, 
you've been kind of heading that up. So tell them a little bit about YouTube. Yeah, we have our own YouTube page, Thinking Out Loud Podcast. Uh, you go on any one of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Thinking Out Loud Podcast, hashtag Thinking Out Loud Podcast. It's pretty simple. But you go on any one of our pages, you'll find our YouTube link there. You go on our website, you'll find our YouTube link there. That will have all of the video footage of our podcast shows. So uh, you may have heard Mary talk about some DVDs, some booklets. She actually held them up in the video here. It will help your search. Obviously, her resources are on our website page as well. But check us out on YouTube and uh, you'll be able to see the full video footage of what we were talking about. Absolutely. And next week, join us. Mary's going to be back with us and she's going to be answering your questions. And again, that's childhoodshots.com. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.